0: Hotline where we're joined by our friend Rita Hubbard. And Rita, thank you as always for joining us. You're not letting Justin Matabike walk out the building, are you? You gotta tag him, right? I would. I mean, I you know, we'll see if that's what the Ravens decide to do, but I'm not letting him go. Unless you have a contingency plan, like are you going after somebody else? I don't know, Chris Jones? I don't know, but I personally am keeping the guy that I do know. And I'm keeping Justin matta so I would personally franchise tag him. Well, Rita, it's seeming less likely that the Ravens re-sign Kevin Zeitler after the voidable years yeah. uh, deadline yesterday. Uh, do you think the Ravens are going to end up having to replace at least three out of their five starting offensive linemen from last year? I mean, it might be more than that, y'all. Like out, I, yeah. <laughs> Outside of Linderbaum, yeah. I feel like everybody is up for grabs at this point. You mm-hmm. know, we talked about Stanley this year, Morgan Moses, is, you know, getting up there in age and I don't know what he was dealing with, but it looked like a type, some type of pec injury, you know, as the season went on. Um, and then you have John Simpson, who I, I feel like they potentially think that they can upgrade from. And now Kevin Zeitler, who, you know, like you said, the, the deadline for the voidable years is gone. So it feels like he's played his last, Game in Baltimore, so it could very well be four <laughs> new different guys. Guys, I mean, I, I, I like to think that maybe Stanley stays another year, but we'll see how that goes because you know the the numbers and ter- the, the numbers in terms of like if they do cut them, whether well, it's pre mm-hmm. or post year, just really aren't favorable for the from a cap perspective. But you just never know. I, I have to assume they want to get younger, a little bit more athletic, and that might be their thought process. But um. I'm curious to see if it's more so something that they think that they can do in-house or they do in the draft because apparently this is one of the drafts yep. where they feel like that this is one of the one of the deepest drafts for offensive linemen that they've had in a long time. So I'm interested to see how this goes. Yeah, I wonder if they double-dip in the draft and then yep. go with some of the kids that they've already started to develop a yep. little bit there. That could be could be the way it goes because you're going to have to spend some money on defense. Let's, exactly. Let's switch over to Sarasota. Um, we're taking different people's temperature on the state of the Orioles starting pitching, and there's some, I guess, who would look at the glass and say it's half full. Others who would say, well, it might be 40% empty when you're talking about two of your five projected starters and not having any immediate knowledge of when they'll actually throw a pitch that matters this season. Um, would would you prefer the Orioles to sit back, um, take in all this information and see what they've got, or strike uh, with what's remaining out there on the trader free agent market? Uh, I mean, but, but we know what's out there on the trader free agent market, right? Well, Jesus, what are they asking for? You know, are they asking for too much? Okay. Uh, you got Blake Snell, you got Jordan Montgomery. Are they asking for too much? As of right now, yes, because nobody <laughs> signed them, right? So what are your options? And I mean, like, they have guys that we know that have played and started before. Tyler Wells is an option, and he played really well uh, prior to the All-Star break last year. So maybe that's potentially an option. I do think that you do have to consider looking into a potential trade. I don't think Snell – I don't think they're going to sign Snell. Mm-hmm. don't know if they're going to sign Montgomery. But I do think that because of the UCL injury that um, they're dealing with with Bradish, it could – you got to, in my opinion, you have to look at this as this could potentially be a TJ injury, right? And so I'm proactively looking for other options. I I mean, yes, I I still stand by the Tyler Wells comment that I made because I think that for the interim, it works. But I do think that you still have to sniff around and see. Now, the Orioles could could essentially say – we're going to stick with Wells and we're going to wait until the trade deadline to see what we can get going there as opposed to like trying to do something now early on. So there's that. But I do think that you have to explore what's out there, who's available, all of that, because in my opinion, you have to treat this as if it is a Tommy John situation as opposed to a UCL situation. We're speaking to Rita Hubbard. It's Inside Access on the fan. Rita, this infield extremely young as it's currently constructed. Would you like to see them add a vet in the mix, kind of like a Frazier last year, or are you all in on the youth movement? I love a vet though. I just feel like Mm -hmm. you benefit so much from having somebody who's played with experience. Um, Look, for the most part, the young guys are going to play. So we're not going to sit here and act like, you know, a vet is going to take somebody's spot. I don't, foresee that happening. Um, I do think that it's valuable in a sense of it doesn't really allow your players to kind of you know, if they do get into some type of you know rookie hiccup like you know they, they they're struggling at bats or they're struggling. You do have a, a veteran mix of someone that can kind of come in and plug in and play because they've been in the league for a while. So you know I I'm, all, I'm always a fan of of like the Adam Fraziers and the guys like that, I'm like, bring those guys back. And obviously, I mean, Frazier's not coming back, but I do think that you could benefit from having a guy with a little bit of experience. But in case that, you know, they start to struggle and get cold a little bit, somebody can come off the the bench and be able to, you know, make a move and make a play. Rita, I assume this the sting of losing Adam Frazier will be made to, you'll be made to feel better by Jackson Holiday, though. It sounds like we just <laughs> had, we had Jake Rill on earlier. He, he's like, in my mind, he's making this team out of spring training. Yeah, I mean, listen. I think that we thought that before spring training even started. Like, I don't even know what we we expect from Jackson Holiday in spring training. But as long as he's like not terrible, it doesn't even matter, right? He can he can literally be like okay, and I'd still be like, yeah, he's going to be on the opening day roster. I, I felt that way last year that Jackson Holiday was going to be on the opening day roster, and I didn't even see, you know, obviously what, what was going to happen for spring training. I just assumed that when you're the number one player in the farm system and you've been there because he was obviously there last year, it's your time to come up. And I think that this is the perfect opportunity for him. Again, he got to stink up the place, y'all. Like he got to be real bad, like betting under 100 or something like that and just, you know, not making plays, uh, you know, simultaneously. Not even like, oh, this is happening, but this is good, or this is bad right here, but this is good. Like he got to just be bad across the board for me to be like, yeah, maybe he's going to come stay down for a little bit. To, to me, there's, it's a no-brainer that he's going to be in the opening day roster. Rita Hubbard, always great. Thank you so much for your time, as always. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. Thank you.